Well, welcome to this week's edition of Called, Connected and Committed. We are really excited to be joined today by Rose Hudson-Wilkin, the Bishop of Dover and one of our great friends uh, and uh, conversation partners through all of our, uh, the development of the Foundation for Educational Leadership. Um, and Rose, we're thrilled that you can be uh, with us today to talk about this uh, area of flourishing together. Welcome. Thank you. Delighted to be with you. Now, the word flourishing, um, you know, whether whether we're in a, you know, a season where uh, things are all going our way or, or whether things just seem very, very difficult and backs against the wall can come across as a bit of a, um, you know, fluffy concept to kind of like, you know, being nice to each other, being happy and, you know, it's a great word in many ways, but it's also a challenging word because we're not quite sure what it means. If you had to kind of, you know, what does it mean? What does it mean to you, particularly when we're in this season of, uh, you know, reality, really challenging season for our nation mm -hmm. in so, so many ways? Yes, I, I guess for me, I would want to capture it. We're at a time where we're having a lot of valley experiences. And when you're down in the valley, you are almost limited by what you can actually see. And therefore, if you can't see it, then there is a, a sense in which you begin to look inwards, you begin to feel threatened by the the vastness of the mountains that have enclosed you in. So when I talk about flourishing, what it is for me is about being able to see beyond what the eyes are seeing. It is almost that inner thing that actually says to me, Rose, just remember that the God of the mountain is actually God in the valley as well. And if he's in the valley, then it's going to be all right. You're going to get through this. You are going to flourish. You're going to get the chance to climb that mountain and be on top of that mountain again. So for me, it is signaling hope, which is much more stronger than something that is fluffy. <laughs> That's such a help that's such a helpful metaphor and um anyone who has sort of climbed a mountain um from a valley will know that uh well pretty much always the climb takes a lot longer than you might think i i i i've yeah. climbed many a mountain i've always um overestimated my speed of climbing uh, you know because it looks quite enticing doesn't it what, mm -hmm. what, it actually frequently takes a lot a, a, yes. a lot longer and almost like a patience in the in yes. in the journey somehow yes it's, it's well it not only takes a lot longer and you know and it, it looks oh yes you look at it yeah I, I can do that because what's in our mind is actually being on the top hmm. and we forget to think about the journey that we're going to make and actually to prepare ourselves for the journey and then very often we hear stories in the news of people who have been out climbing or out walking, doing something really energetic, and they've forgotten to bring some basic tools with them, whether it's enough water, enough food, wearing the right shoes or the right clothing because the temperature might fall. So it's, it, there, there seems to me that there's something about anticipating 
and, and being equipped. Mm. How do we make sure that we are equipped for the climb? Because it is a climb and you know, where we are now in the pandemic season still, it is going to be a climb to get us back to that place where we want to be, where we desire to be. So we shouldn't just give up. We, you know, what we have to do is to gather around us that which we need for the journey. Gather around us the things, and not only the things, but the people. Because it is important that the people who you are journeying with are people who are of like mind people who are going to encourage you, people who are going to say, we've only managed to do uh, three or 400, uh, you know, of the thousands of miles that we need to go, but that's okay. We're on the way and I'm with you and, and make sure we have the, the, the tools, et cetera, to, to help us on the journey. It's pretty helpful. I think that one of the um, things that you're just opening up there is the so, sometimes this word flourishing and uh, can, it can feel like something we're supposed to do uh, that's individual, you know, like it's a, per, you know, how, how are you doing, how it's very, a lot of our culture is very individualized, isn't it? Mm. And, and um, actually, increasingly, I wonder whether it's actually impossible to flourish alone. You can really only do that. To, to, together I mean that's not to say that our own individual um, well-being and mental health and resilience and so on isn't important but we're so much better off making a journey with with another with another person or another group of people right yes. um, not not least because although some of our thinking around you know um, the, the future is mm. it's quite rightly focused on you know that we, we are you know, whether it be the metaphor of the the mountain climb or the plant growing or whatever yes. one of the challenges of this season is like we keep feels like we kind of keep getting knocked back down the, the mountain mm. and, and, and mm. yes it's, it's not a linear yeah. journey is it yeah no no it's not and and and, and that for, for me flourishing is a communal thing it's like the the tree coming into blossom it's not just one limb <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's the whole tree that blossoms. It's the whole tree that produces the fruit that everyone participates in. So for me, the flourishing has to be a community event, something we do together. And I mean, we're, we're, we're in pandemic times at the moment. And let's think about it. When we talk about who is going to get the vaccine, for example, you know, if we were to be in a place where we think I've got lots of money. So, you know, I'm going to make sure that I can afford the vaccine and I'll buy up thousands of, of it so that, you know, I can keep getting it to myself, et cetera. But what happens? That person has to live in a community, whether they like it or not. They have taxi, someone who drives their car. They have someone who cooks their meal. They have someone who cleans their homes or their offices. You know, they are interacting. No one is an island. We're interacting all the time. So if they are not flourishing, then you are not really flourishing. And you see this. I've traveled to some countries where you go down a street 
and you can't see anything because there is all these security walls and the sign up saying this particular company is doing, you know, looking after this. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute, what is that all about? Because there is something of fear for me when I drive down those streets in those countries and see these tall walls. And if we're living in fear, then that's not flourishing. Yeah. And, and so, so flourishing has to be about the other as well as it is not about the single parts. It is about the whole. And if one part is uh, uh, wilting, then soon it is going to impact on the whole. Mm. So... Yes, really helpful. I mean, as we as we think about the kind of situation that school leaders are facing at the moment, and and frankly, it's been a, a there's a particular challenge at, as we sit here in January. But the, the challenges will have been there for many months and will mm. still be there for many months. Mm. What, what kind of things can um, you know? What might it mean for school leaders in this space to kind of like develop? or draw on really strong roots and, um, mm. you know, mm. that, that can kind of see us through these mm. more, cha mm. more challenging times together. Mm. I, I think a part of that has to be taking the time out. We can be on a roller coaster ride. The roller coaster ride where, you know, we don't know whether we're standing or sitting, whether we're going to the left or to the right. And so I think it is always a good thing for leaders and in particular leaders in education in the time that we find ourselves in where sometimes uh, what is coming to us from government uh, can be rather, rather confusing. And so, you know, think, oh my God, they just sent this out yesterday. Two days later, they send us something else. What do I do? So I think it's important for us to pause and to ask what exactly it is that we want the message to be, to go out to our children and to the school community or to the education uh, family, the educational family. You know, what are we planting? Um, you know, and how are we planting it? And, and, and are we preparing the soil? Are we preparing the soil for it? So, you know, Teachers, leaders in schools, they cannot um, say somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do the thinking for us. They have got such a huge responsibility to set the tone, to set the environment, to make sure when they open the doors and the children come in, the children are at a place where they're not seeing the shovel still lying on the floor for them to trip over. They're not seeing buckets of water, you know, or, you know, or, or bits of seeds scattered there. But when they walk in, the children need to be in the kind of environment that tells them that it's okay. So it means a huge amount of work for our teaching staff or our leaders in education to set the pace. And if they're going to set the pace, then they need to spend the time reflecting unhurried, unhurried 
um, where they reflect, where they're actually also able to be gentle with themselves, you know, to, to, to go back over and think about what they've done, how they've, they've, they've done it, you know, look at the, the results. What are the results that you're looking for? And are the different stages that you have put in place going to enable you to have that um, end result? So it can't happen unless there is a pause, a reset button, as it were. Yeah, let's, let's just um, explore that a bit further, actually. I, I, find, I find what you just said about pace really helpful um, because it, it, first, it really resonates with me as a leader and the pressures that we're all sort of facing at the moment. And one of our natural inclinations is just to think, right, how do we do more? How do we do quicker? Um, you know, in fact, even some of our technology doesn't help that because we're we're actually inclined to we're able aren't we to fill our calendars even more you could argue with loads and loads of different things because it's because it's easier to connect but when when you think of just the the, the idea of a plant flourishing mm. you, you basically have to be pretty patient and you have to go at a particular pace don't you i mean there's there's some really great yes for us there and I, I wonder whether sometimes as leaders that kind of call for a more wise pace can come across as, you know, I don't know, almost like a sort of um, negative, you know, we, we would be, ideally we would be sprinting, but because of the challenge, we, we just need to pace ourselves. When actually maybe yeah. it's that, perhaps it's actually a more ambitious way of thinking mm -hmm. to have the right pace mm -hmm. uh, because, ultimately that is more not just more sustainable for ourselves as leaders and our teams of leaders but probably more sustainable for the the you know whether we're leading a school or a business or a government or whatever it's more sustainable in the long term but 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 you see i i think that it for me it is all about knowing the context <laughs> right right knowing yeah. knowing the context because sometimes sometimes a sprint is called for and you and I know, and all teachers I'm sure know, when you're working around children, that there are times when, you know, if you don't sort of literally rush out and attend to something, a child is gonna hurt itself. But there are other times when you think, hmm, I'm just going to watch, I'm just going to wait, I'm just gonna see how this develops. I used to wonder, as someone who is from Montego Bay, Jamaica, I, I remember there was, a, it was I think during the 2012 Olympics, I remembered saying, or was it, or was it the, um, it was, it actually, I did it both at the 2012 Olympics and, and then when we had the Commonwealth Games, when Jamaica was doing exceptionally well, yeah. I was in Trafalgar Square, we were winning all the races, but what were the races we were winning? We were only winning the sprints. <laughs> right. Right. And I remember thinking, isn't that odd that I never see us in the, in the marathons. I never see us in the, <laughs> I don't know any Jamaicans who've done marathons or who have done the, the, the steeplechase. Or it's a sort of quick dash and we're in it and out at the other end. And perhaps that says something about us as a people and the personality, etc. But so it's knowing you couldn't go into a, a, a marathon where you're running fast. You do that, you burn out quickly. You, you never get to the end. So the question is, where do you want to get to? You know, um, where are you meant to get to? And 
you need to set the pace at the beginning so that, and it's not just important for you, but also for the children that we're carrying and leading. That's yeah. amazing. What a great question. I don't know if there's a, <laughs> where do you want to get to? That's such a great, that's such a great question for, 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 for a leader at the moment, particularly when there are so many un, uh, unknowns. Mm. But, mm. but I, get, I guess to some extent, that's why this sort of vision for um, flourishing in education is actually quite attractive, even in the, even in the challenge, actually. Because, mm. because um, you know, it, it, in some ways, perhaps it highlights, um, you know, I wonder whether in sometimes in our most challenging situations, what we really value kind of comes to the, Mm. can kind of come to the surface there and actually the flourishing of young people mm. um you know it, it's a broader pursuit than simply you know the passing of particular tests or the delivery of oh absolutely absolutely and for me the flourishing of children uh we we probably come out of a stable and it's the kind of stable where we highlight one or two children um, a few children, sometimes to the detriment of the whole of the class. And it seems to me, how do we take the, recognize the children's gifts and, and, and perhaps break them up into the, the kind of groups so that they can go at the pace that is right for them. And, 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 and yet at the end of the year to be able to say, look, as a class, this is what we have achieved together. So that the, the children who were not able to do the, the, the sprint and are still part of the marathon, th those who did the sprint can still be rejoicing and, and saying well done to the children who took the marathon and is still on that journey, but got to the end. And you know, so there's an appreciation. What we need in our society is a real kind of appreciation of what we all bring to the table, to the classroom, without one child or one group of children being made to feel foolish or stupid or less than because they weren't able to do the sprint. Mm -hmm. But then those who are doing the sprint can't do the marathon either. You know, so, so it's about how we enable within a classroom, within a school, for the children to feel a part of what each other is doing, because we're on the journey. It's the same journey, but some people um, are able to, to master things more quickly, others do it more slowly, but they're on that journey and they will get there. And, and that, that is equally as valid uh, too. So that's so helpful, and that and that idea of doing that, of that being a journey we make together, rather, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. a, a, a you know, a group of a hundred individual journeys yeah. is quite different from a hundred yeah. people making the journey. Yes. yes, journey together, isn't it? And I know you and I have spoken before about the this really helpful concept of Ubuntu. Ah, uh, yes, and um, yes. you know mm. this. this notion of I am because you are I wonder if you could just kind of share a little bit of your thoughts around that because it could be a really useful concept for leaders yeah. thinking about the adults they're working with or the yes. parents yeah. or the wider community or obviously the children as well yes yes um, it's how do we how do we see ourselves 
and 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 this is a, a South African a Zulu word Ubuntu, which means I am because you are. In other words, we only see ourselves in relation to someone else. So the mere fact. You know, I might be sitting in a room all by myself. The mere fact that someone comes in and says, hello, tells me that I am visible. Right. <laughs> I am, I am visible. Um, you know, somebody has spoken to me. It means that I am real. <laughs> so as long as they're socially distanced from you when they come into that oh, room. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still acknowledged and that means I'm real. So there's a real sense in which Ubuntu, I am because you are, or I am because we are, it is laying the foundation of what it means to be interdependent. And that, that lovely song, No Man is an Island, it is so true. You know, left by ourselves and our own devices, how do we know who we are? We only know who we are because of the way that people relate to us. Mm. And that means if we relate to somebody else where we treat them as less than human, you begin to see why people model a kind of, I'm of no worth, I'm of no value. Mm. I remember a, a young man coming onto the, the tube begging and i genuinely had no coins at all i had my cards i had no i had no pockets i didn't have any coins or anything to give him and after he had said what he said there was real silence and as he walked by i looked up at him and i said i'm so sorry i only have my cards on me and i was shocked that young man stopped and he said thank you Thank you for acknowledging me. That wow. means much more to me than giving me money. Wow. And, and, and that has always stayed with me, that he was able to voice that. So, so I think there is something important about recognizing that we do not stand by ourselves and, and how we then help our children in our schools to recognize that they do not stand alone, but that their behavior, positively or negatively, impacts on somebody else. Mm -hmm. You know, if they call someone a name, then that person who is being called a name is being left with the feeling that they are who this name has described them to be. So the interdependent nature of who we are is embedded in Ubuntu. We belong together. We are part of one human race. And I on my own is, uh, you know, and, and certainly within an Afrocentric world throughout Africa, it is that interrelatedness that matters it is the community you know so for example when my forefathers and foremothers <laughs> were bought and sold like commodity what they did was to create within the community where they are a sense of dignity 
for each other. Mm. So the adults, males were called uncles. The adult females were called aunties. And that was our way of saying, we respect you. You have a place, you are of value mm. and not just a commodity to be bought and branded and sold on the market. Wow, that's so powerful. I mean, it's a, it's a concept that, um... For those listening, if you've not if you've not kind of uh, read up on it, um, just search that up. There are some fantastic resources for um, for for adults and for children uh, unpacking this really useful concept. Uh, mm. Incredible reframing, particularly mm. I I reckon um, when our communities in this time are actually quite dispersed, and it's quite mm. easy to actually inadvertently be. Um, you know, become quite isolated, really, in the yes. way we see, see the world. You know, your point around somebody coming in and speaking mm. with mm. you. Well, no, you know, no one's come into my office for the last nine months to speak to me because I've been sitting on my own. You know, what does, how does that, mm. uh, how does that, how does that, how does that, how does that feel? And and, and and look, and look what we've done. We've created this sort of digital platform which has right. suddenly exploded. I didn't know anything about Zoom. I've never heard of Zoom before the pandemic. Um, this week I had a Zoom birthday party, albeit at 7.30 in the morning, because wow. the, the rest of the day was going to be busy and the children were going to be at school anyway and I had an evening engagement. So it was 7.30 in the morning when I had children and grandchildren singing happy birthday to me and people sharing greetings from America, Jamaica. It was wonderful. Now, thank goodness, you know, our ability to create, to make sure we stay connected cannot be underestimated. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, Rosie, that's so, so encouraging. There's so many gems in there for, for us as mm. we're reflecting this week um, and beyond around what it might mean to flourish. Um, I, I, I want, yes, I wonder also whether I could leave with you the, um, the words of an African-American who said, the circumstances that surrounds a person is not important. What is important is how they respond. Right. And, you know, how do we respond is vitally important. And I would like to suggest, as I said earlier, to respond means we just have to pause and take stock and then um, respond in a way that is going to ensure the flourishing of the community of which we are a part. Mm. That's beautiful. That's a really beautiful way to, to, to round up this um, conversation. Thank you so much for joining us. And for, for all of us, wherever you might be listening to this, it is so easy to now turn off your phone and get onto your emails and do the next thing. But even just grab five minutes, 10 minutes, take a walk, take some space, build a schedule that, that helps, uh, helps to do that. And, um, and, and through doing that together, you can actually encourage one another to flourish together, yes. not alone. Bishop Rose, thank you so much for joining us. We so value your wisdom and inspiration and we, cheer you on in all you're doing to lead across uh, your context and the wider nation. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Every blessing. I should tell you that I, I follow 
vividly um, those words of Booker T. Washington about the circumstances that surrounds a person. <laughs> Every blessing. Okay.